our our number one house rule is if the dog is on you, then the other person has to get you whatever you ask for. Welcome back, everyone, with the Dog Wednesday. Uh, this episode, we interview the Iggy Parents podcast, and we talk all about the Italian Greyhound breed and some great conversation about dog parent life. So, welcome. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, also, I was in Florida for the last few days uh, for my grandfather's funeral. So, unfortunately, we, Izzy and I, are staying away from each other and we're recording remotely. It's giving me flashbacks to the beginning of it's COVID. Really sad. It is. Do you miss the Sherbert Studio, Izzy? I do because um, obviously my favorite color is gray. <laughs> so my my room is very monotone. It's not very colorful. It's very boring. Your favorite color is gray, though. You can't be complaining that you're it's in true. your monotone room. But it's um, you know, like it's almost like pathetic fallacy where the weather dictates the mood of the film. I've like never the, heard that phrase before. Really? No, oh. I like it. I know it's it's, it's nice. Wait, poetic. what is it? Say it again. Pathetic fallacy. Pathetic fallacy. So it's yeah. like the mood of the weather dictates. So, like you mood? know, when you know, like in a film, when it's raining and then the person's really sad, mm-hmm. it's like a reflection of the mood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's how I feel about this room. Sometimes is. It kind of makes me sad. Not sad, but it makes me monotone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's <laughs> good for somewhere. So monotone. You wanna, it's good for somewhere you want to sleep, but it's not good for if you're trying to record a podcast and be yeah. happy. Yeah. Um it's definitely yeah. not sure, but anyway. So it's but not I do sure, miss it. Given us COVID, it. yeah, COVID early recording flashbacks. No wonder, you know what? No wonder we are so boring season one. Um it's like we were like apart just staring at each other through a screen so yeah yeah, now it's back to it but I think let's move on yes let's move on we talked about this last week everyone you're gonna hear it now Arthur got a dental recently we're gonna talk about what went down and also tips on if you're in a similar situation yeah, because I can imagine, I don't know how often this happens, but it is, like, I feel like it's more than we think it is. So, mm-hmm. um, so Arthur is fine, everyone. He's doing great. Um, so I just get that out of the way. Um, and his dental went fine. Like, the actual dental went great. Um, they called me afterwards. It was about 10.30 in the morning. I dropped him off at 7.30. They said there was no damage to his teeth got them all scrubbed up and he was in recovery. I was due to pick him up after work at 5.30, which now I'm like kicking myself that I didn't pick him up on my lunch break, but that's a whole different thing. Um, And so I get a call later on in the afternoon saying that Arthur had some labored breathing and they took some chest x-rays to see if he had aspirated. And so that means like if he had um, somehow gotten any fluid into his lung, um, which is, which can be quite common in surgery if they um, try to vomit or if they try to like cough any fluid out of their lung, um, but they're too sleepy, it can kind of go down the wrong hole. Yeah. So that's like a normal or not a normal, but like a known risk of anesthesia. 
Right. It of is. like going. Yeah. It's not like he got surgery. It was just that he was under anesthesia and he was getting his teeth cleaned and like x-rayed and everything. Right. Correct. And just like when we go to the to the dentist, you know, they've got like the suction thing in there and they've like spraying water in there to get all of the stuff flushed out. So it, you know, it can happen that, you know, a bit of fluid goes down the wrong hole. Yeah. Um, so we had this labored breathing, they took some x-rays, and um, they were waiting for the radiologist to get back to them. Um, when I arrived to go and pick him up, um, he still had labored breathing. They brought him out to me. Um, the radiologist got back to them as we were in the parking lot and said his chest x-rays look fine and he couldn't see any fluid in there. Um, so that was a good sign. However, you know, it can develop over time. So they were wanting to get some more done if he wasn't better in 24 hours. So um, they told me all of the things. I was very confident in what I knew. I was like, I've seen weird recoveries happen all of the time and it's going to be fine. Um, But it's just different when it's your own dog, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just different. So, you know, my poor poor little sausage man is, you could tell that he was uncomfortable. Um, And we got home and I was like trying to keep calm because I know that like, I have knowledge and I can use it and Chase doesn't necessarily have that knowledge. So I needed to be calm for him. And I totally let him get to me 100%. (laughs) So in summary, this is Chase's fault. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) In summary, Chase made us go to the ER at 8.30 at night. (laughs) Although I had to be at work at 6.30. And yeah, we went to the ER. There was a three hour wait. Um, They took him in. They did an exam. They, well, okay. I'll rewind a little bit. So we drop him off at the ER and I'm like trying to sleep in the back seat because I'm like, I got to get some sleep. I don't know how long we're going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chase is like, well, we only live 20 minutes away. Let me just drop you off at home and then I'll come back and you can go to sleep and I'll be here with Arthur. So he drops me off at home and he's like, make sure you put your phone on loud because the doctors are going to call you and you need to tell them to call me. So I actually called the front desk and I was like, change his number to change the number to his number and don't call me. But I guess they ignored that request Mm. Um, or it just like didn't save in the system. So they did end up calling me, but I forgot that my phone has the do not disturb on it. Oh, like at night. Yeah. So regardless of if it's on loud or silent, if it's between the hours of nine and five, it's not going to do anything. (laughs) It's not going to give me any notifications, like not even like nothing on the lock screen or anything. So, um, yeah, they're trying to call me for an hour and obviously I'm not picking up the phone. So anyway, it was like this whole thing. (laughs) Chase is like calling them like, do you have my dog? (laughs) (laughs) And he's, oh, and he can't be inside. So it's not like he can go up to the front desk and be like, Hey, it's cause it's COVID. He's sitting in the parking lot. Like (laughs) he's just saying, Oh, poor guy. And he was the one who was already freaked out anyway. Yeah. Oh, poor so guy. Like this whole thing. And <laughs> even like, I guess he called my roommate and then my roommate was like knocking on the door trying to get out of me. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the ER was like, yep, he's fine. I wouldn't worry about it. It can take a little while. So I take him to work the next day because I want the technicians and the doctors to take a look at him, but he's still drowsy. He still has some not as labored breathing, like he does seem better in the morning, but he just really seemed off. So I took him in and he was just so sad all day. And of course I am like constantly going back there, checking on him, 
flipping him from one side to another. Um, so for everyone who doesn't know, if another risk of anesthesia is if they lay on one side for too long, the side that they're laying on that long effect, like essentially it falls asleep. Um, mm-hmm. And then that could also be the reason why he had that labored breathing was because he was just laying on one side for too long. Um, so I was going back there like every hour, like putting him onto a different side because <laughs> I was scared. Oh, well, that's so good that you were able to take him to work and to do that, though. That's nice. Yeah. 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 And I, of course, I like I slept for a couple of hours. And then as soon as Arthur got home, I was like awake, making sure that he was like sleeping on a different side every time I woke up. So. Yeah. I just had like the worst night's sleep and I was at work and I couldn't concentrate properly because of my dog. Um, so by 12 o'clock he was fine. Um, but still a bit drowsy. And then it took about 36 hours for him to get back to normal. Oh my God. So what, I mean, what symptoms was he having that made you want to bring him to the ER? Like you said that Chase was like, I'm freaking out. And, and that he had labor breathing like at the vet, but they sent him home. So like yeah. they, they probably weren't like that worried if they had actually sent him home with you. Yeah, no, they they did say that he was probably going to be fine. And I even asked them to send me the medical records before they closed for the night, just in case I did need to take him to the ER. So in a way, like I feel like I had already made a decision that I was going to take him to the <laughs> ER. <laughs> so oh. yeah. Um but I I don't know. I think, I think what we failed to do was like assess him when we got home. So we could assess like if he was progressing or if he was getting worse. Mm, Like, I don't think we had like a a base. I think we were just like, well, (laughs) that's actually such a good tip. I I didn't think about that. Well, okay. You know what? That can roll us in to if your dog's in emergency situation or like you're concerned about their health in some way top tips for, you know, these are just our personal ones that we've learned over the years. I'm sure there's many more out there and people with different experiences will tell you different things, but this is the ones that has worked for us. But that's, that's actually one that I didn't think about was have a baseline for when they get home. And then you can see if they're progressing or if they're getting better or worse a few hours later. And I did have a, I took a video of him when he was in my car, but like if you put him in different positions, he acted differently. Yeah. Like it was, it was just really difficult. And I think we should have sat down and said, okay, he's breathing this many times per minute and, you know, like all of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. in like three hours, we could be like, okay, is he the same? Is he worse? Is he better? And we could, I think we could have better made a decision if we had that information. Yeah. And to all the people out there who maybe thinks that that's like excessive, like counting your dog's breaths and stuff. It's like you, you want to be armed with as much information as possible. Yeah. Cause so if you, you are going to go to like, the ER, yeah, then you can say like at 6 PM, he was breathing this often. And then an hour later he was breathing this quick. Cause they can, that might help them triage. They're like, okay, he's aggressively gotten worse within the past hour. We need to take care of this stat. Yeah. That may help you move up in the line of all the other emergency patients and stuff potentially too. And yeah, it's just that when you have that almost like data on hand, you can make a better decision rather than an emotional decision, which leads us to our next one of, (laughs) of 
basically, okay, so this one, this one was my personal tip. And it's really hard because Izzy and I have both worked in the veterinary field. And so we know, like both of us, we're we're pretty like level-headed, I think, when it comes to like medical stuff with our dogs in general. And so my top tip is basically let the vets do their job. Like it is going to be emotional. It is going to be really hard, but the people that you're leaving your dog with are trained. They know what they're doing. They, Mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's really hard to let your emotions get the best of you and be like, well, no, you don't know him like I do or, or whatever. And, or think that your dog is somehow drastically different than other dogs. And so, yeah. So that's what I just want to throw out there is like, know when you're making an emotional response or an actual logical one. Or, mm-hmm. you know, there's sometimes I, and I'm not saying that don't advocate for yourself because if you feel like your concerns are honestly not being listened to and your dog is getting progressively worse and things like that, then 200% advocate for yourself and your dog. And, but also just know where that response is coming from, I guess, whether it's like an emotional or if it's actually has yeah. behind it. So that's my yeah. Point. Um, before you even kind of get to that hurdle, know where the emergency places are. Because the one closest to me was had a six hour wait when I called them. So yeah. I, I'd I'd shop around. Yeah, no, exactly. That's that's a good call. It's like that's what we had to do um when we, we were in London. Or we had to have like an actual emergency plan because we didn't have a, a car. And so it was like, okay, yeah. if Lupin like breaks a leg, literally, how are we gonna get him from where we are to the emergency vet and where is the closest emergency vet yeah you have to like make sure you have a plan so if you have a super large dog and a really small car or whatever it is make sure you yeah. have a plan on where the emergency vets are in your area call and see if they have a wait maybe if you have that time and also yeah um have a plan on how you're going to get there and also how you're going to pay for it too yeah you know, yeah. that's, which leads us into insurance or just money, you know, just um, money in general. Yeah. yeah. Put some aside. Even if, even if you don't have the full amount in cash, it's going to be much easier to pay off a small amount on a credit card than it is the whole amount. I think. Yeah, exactly. Like you'd rather just have some money, whether it's through insurance or have some put aside for a potential emergency for your related. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's the whole like rainy day fund, emergency fund that you should kind of just try to have in general in life. And if you want to dip into that for your dog, then that's your choice. Or if you want to have a separate one for your dog, it's up to you. But that's our top tip of kind of part of the whole emergency plan of, you know, if you're in an emergency situation with your dog, do you have the money? Where is the emergency place? How are you going to get there? All of that. Not in that order. What else? Oh, oh, I forgot to say. Also, care credit. That's a thing. Yeah, care credit. Care credit is um a potential option for a lot of people. It's almost like a like a medical credit card. So yes, care credit is great. Um, there's also Wells Fargo Health Advantage, which is the same concept. Pretty sure it has a lower interest rate. Um, but caveat, you have to find out if the vet accepts it because some don't. Oh yeah, good call. So yeah, so when you're in that emergency situation maybe talk to the to the front desk see what they accept because I've I've been in the situation on the other side like I am at the front desk and people are literally applying for their care credit care credit card Mm -hmm. so 
they can, you know, pay some part of the bill before they go with their dog. Yeah. What else? Uh, well, and okay, this, I don't know how much of like a tip this actually is, but it doesn't hurt to know people in the veterinary field, you know, just if, if you do feel like you want a second opinion before you make that leap to go to the emergency or, If you feel like maybe your vet office, as I was saying, like if you feel you need to advocate for yourself or your dog and they're not taking the care that they want, you know, it doesn't hurt to have like a vet tech friend or, you know, dog sitter who's a vet tech or something like that, just in case you ever need like, or even a vet, obviously a veterinarian too, you know, doesn't have to be (laughs) a vet tech, but just somewhere, someone in the field, if you want to run back by them, like is this normal? It doesn't hurt basically yeah. to, but you know, also obviously don't be like text them and then wait 24 hours and uh, until they get back to you or something, you know, just if, if you have someone that you can bounce an idea off of, it can't hurt in that, imag- in that situation. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I, I hope everyone knows this. If you do have any concerns about your dog and their health, definitely consult with your vet as soon as possible. Just give them a call. Um, They can't tell you, they can't give you any medical advice over the phone without seeing your pet in person. So they're not going to tell you whether or not it's a good idea to go to an emergency. Um, But they can give you, they can give you some guidelines. They can say, yes, that sounds like something you should get seen for. Or they might say, you know, do you feel like they need immediate attention? They might they might just be able to provide you with those questions that you need to ask yourself that you might not know what they are. So that's a good point. Yeah. So if you even if your dog just recently got like spayed or neutered and you're like, oh, it's a little pink around the incision. Is that normal? Feel free to give them a call and just be like, yeah. hey, it's not a little a pink, but it's not red. It's not hot. And, you know, they'll ask you all those questions and then you can kind of determine, OK, let's let's wait or not, or let's go to the emergency, whatever. Yeah. When in doubt, always ask. Yeah. You know Um, what? I have a sticky note at work that says, never assume, always ask. And I think it applies to literally everything in life. So wise, Izzy. I know. And I get it out every time because every time something goes wrong, it's because I've assumed something and I haven't asked. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good call. All right. So never assume. In an emergency, always ask. Top tip right there. Um, You also mentioned getting your written records. Yeah, I did ask them to send me the medical records before they closed because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get a hold of anyone overnight at the clinic. Um, And then that way I just knew. I knew exactly what he was given. I could give that to the ER and say, this is everything that's happened in the past 24 hours. Yeah. And they can make their assessments from there. They can rule out if he's having an allergic reaction. He can, they can see if he accidentally got the wrong dose. They could rule out a lot of stuff that would be quite concerning. Yeah, that's such a good, definitely a good call. I have lo- all of Lupin's written records, mm-hmm. honestly, at all times, um, because he's a disaster waiting to happen as usual. But it's really good for the emergency veterinarian to know. It just gives them a peace of mind whether your dog recently had an operation, then they can know yeah, you know, this is what the operation was. Or, you know, like if your dog didn't have an operation and they're just in there for an emergency, at least they can know like, yeah, this dog is updated on all vaccines. And, mm-hmm. oh, you know, 
he's also updating on flea and tick and you know like whatever it, it it's yeah. helpful just for the emergency vet just to have as much information on your dog as possible yeah and I feel like you know when you're really panicked and you're emotional you often forget pieces of very important information so like if your cat or or if your dog has like thyroid issues and if your pet is having something completely non-related to that thyroid condition, you know, it could just slip your mind to even mention it. Yeah. But it could have it could have everything to do with what's going on. So and it could have an effect of what care is going to be given. So I'm always good just in case you're one of those people who you kind of freeze during those moments. It's good to have all of that information for someone to read. Agreed. So in summary. Um, get your written records. This is going to help the doctors triage your pet. Um, know where your closest emergency place is and what is your emergency plan. So travel arrangements, clinic location, how are you going to pay for it? Um, and then next one, know if you're being emotional or if you have a true concern um, and either try and keep it together or advocate for your pet, whichever one it's going to be. And never assume, always ask. Boom. Well, hopefully everyone found these tips useful. For Arthur's situation, it just ended up that he was sensitive to the anesthesia. Right. right. Yeah. He was, he's just sensitive to the anesthesia and he spent too long on his side, but we don't think he aspirated. Yeah. So he's good now. So he's good. His bottom's wiggling. He's feeling great. He's got puppy breath again and it's amazing. And we're getting him used to a toothbrush. <laughs> so you never have to do the dental. Or he doesn't have to go under anesthesia for a long least, time. Yeah. Yeah. And long enough so Chase can forget. <laughs> so Chase can get over the the trauma that it was. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Um, I know. I feel bad for him. All right. Well, let's introduce our guests. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, so today we are talking with the Iggy parents. So they have a podcast of their own all about Italian greyhounds. And they also have an Instagram for their dog, Iggy Adelaide. And I think they actually just hit 10,000 followers on that. So I think they're very happy. And she's adorable. They also, just after this episode was recorded, they have adopted a new Italian greyhound named Phoebe. She is such a cute little puppy definitely head over to their Instagram to check out cute pictures of her. But we were so happy to speak with them, connect with another dog podcast. And we are actually on their podcast in the next few weeks too. So go subscribe to their podcast to hear our interview or their interview of us. And let's get into it. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's get the show on the road with our first section here of who even are you, Jess and Ryan? So just give the listeners a little brief intro of who you guys are. Yeah. So I'm Jess. I'm Ryan. And we are... The Iggy Parents! <laughs> Yay! That oh is God, our, so our intro that we recorded like three months ago. And now I hear it like multiple times a week as I like listen through the yes, actual Yeah, you're podcast. like hearing it in your sleep now. <laughs> Yeah. Except we also have Adelaide doing her singing in the background yes. of it. So. so Adelaide is our Italian Greyhound, um, IG. IG is short for Italian Greyhound, also known as an Iggy. So that's Iggy, where yeah. Iggy Adelaide okay. comes from. And 
and uh, our our main thing is that we have a a pretty popular Instagram account for her, Iggy Adelaide, Adelaide which yeah. is popping right Woo! now. Yeah, so close to that 10k. Yeah. I know that's going to date the episode. If- <laughs> No, no, no. It'll make it even better. <laughs> but timestamp it. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys also have a podcast about Iggy stuff. What do you guys usually talk about on the podcast? The listeners. Yeah. So the podcast is us speaking about our experience with Adelaide. We've had a few um, sort of uh, like evergreen episodes about how to raise your Iggy, our top five tips and stuff like that. But we've also just branched out and had our first interview with a dog show expert someone who's in the dog show community and um yeah we're hoping to get more into the interview side of things yeah so most of our episodes are just the two of us um kind of unlike yours where it's all this so (laughs) you have much more experience doing this part (laughs) than we do (laughs) we we still yeah tend to go on tangents yeah yeah don't worry about it um, so tell us a little bit more about Italian greyhounds, because I'm sure everyone's heard of greyhounds, but what makes an Italian greyhound different? Yeah, so Italian greyhound um, is a toy dog, like they're in the toy group okay. if you're putting them in a show, and they are, are they as old as greyhounds? I think it's like two or 3,000 years. Mm-hmm. They're one of like the yeah. oldest dogs. They've got, I think, images... Um, like yeah, drawings like, of these dogs. Yeah, there's like Egyptian mummies of. of so like legit, hounds. like two thousand years old. They're yeah. very, very old. Yeah. So there's, I, I think there's two theories about the the name. One is that they were very popular in the Renaissance, so oh, Italy, in okay, Italy. Um, and then the other is that around like the two thousand, three thousand years ago, that it was in the Mediterranean area, so kind of Roman Empire, that they also were. Okay. popular so i i have so heard both like of those stories Italian and i don't occupied. know which is true yeah <laughs> so like mediterranean i wonder why they were popular i mean you think roman empire you think like destruction and mm-hmm. like julius caesar <laughs> and just like yeah not a cute little toy dog <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. but that's what they're bred for like they call them bed warmers Aww. So they would just have like eight of these dogs and sleep with them in bed. And that's why I'm pretty sure they just love sleeping in bed mm-hmm. with their humans. So Adelaide, we do keep her in a pen at night, but she wants to be in yeah. bed with us. That's like her it's number one priority. Yeah, so sometimes we bring her in in the morning and and she like knows exactly what to do. She like gets her nose in under the blanket and scurries right in and curls up and goes right like lays right down. She's like, thank God they came. <laughs> She's like, I Yay. was bred for this. I was bred to be comfortable yes. in bed. <laughs> you guys can be here or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. So how old is Adelaide? She is just about a year and a half now. Okay. All right. So she's still like kind of a puppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's yeah. still a little crazy. And she has a lot of that puppy energy. Okay. So the size shouldn't fool you. No, no, I mean, she's small for an Italian Greyhound. Mm-hmm. They usually are about uh, anywhere between 10 to 15 pounds, and she's 9 pounds, sometimes 8.5. Mm-hmm. So she's on the smaller side, and a lot of people think that she's a baby version of a Greyhound. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, I've never seen a baby <laughs> Greyhound. Like, I've only seen them rescued, which is true. They're yeah. often rescued. But for Italian Greyhounds, they're usually bred 
just because they have a lot of health problems and a lot of things that breeding can really help to um, make them healthy. There are a few uh, adoption agencies for Iggy's as well. I know that some are being saved from South Korea, that they fly them over. What are some of the health issues you mentioned that are common in Italian greyhounds? Yeah, so like many toy dogs, they've got teeth problems, Mm. which is to be expected. Um, But the big, huge one a lot of people are scared of, and it's like something to be scared of, are leg breaks. Because they're so so Their legs are a lot thinner. Yeah, like the little... Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's funny. Every time we go to visit my family, my mom always remarks that when Adelaide is standing and the sun is behind her, that you can see the... like. The sun shines through her yes. back legs. Oh my gosh. Like there's like the skin the is so thin there. You can see the veins in her legs and like you can see how how thin <laughs> you they know are. That's crazy. Going a just very small tangent. Um a a white standard greyhound came into work not too long ago. Pure white, just came off the track and was like built AF. Um, but she was like translucent. <laughs> like you could see like her muscle structure. She was like, interesting. it was wow. so weird. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's their body them. shape. But yeah, like they're the super close crop. Yeah. Just, I mean, just in case no one has looked up an Italian greyhound this far into the, into the episode that they're like, what is this dog? But they have that super close cropped hair. They have the, the super like skinny and muscly build and really long legs in proportion their size i feel yeah. like mm-hmm. and a barrel yes. chest it's hard to get um clothing for them which is also a whole to do <laughs> yeah there's them. a whole industry of italian greyhound clothing <laughs> because they're like chest is super wide yeah. yeah neck is long and small head is small yeah they have a they call it a bicycle seat head <laughs> <laughs> so it's like wider at the back that's, that's actually such a great <laughs> they're they're yeah. aerodynamic i know they, a lot of people like compare them to aliens like i love this dog i love this breed I think they're so elegant, but they also can be super yeah. derpy. So it's kind of a nice, nice mix. Yeah. So but anyway, okay. So going back to so the leg breaks is a health concern. Leg right. Breaks. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that that's part of the like genetic uh, testing that they do and to try and get good breeding lines that sometimes like when they're running so fast, like all greyhounds, all sighthounds are fast that they can like turn a corner too too sharp and break their leg oh if they're like if their genes aren't <laughs> strong enough like the bone density. they have like fragile yeah. bones yeah 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 exactly their bones are just thinner than the typical dog in the leg um so even comparing like an italian greyhound to a whippet like even the italian greyhound is a little more prone to interesting. it interesting gotcha so do you have to be careful about like what she can jump off from like can she jump off the bed or go down the stairs by herself or do you have to carry her Yeah, so that's like the big reason why we don't have her in our bed, just because our bed's so high. If we had one closer to the floor, like we might trade off between having her in the bed and going in the pen. But for us, just keep her in the pen the whole time. It helps to Mm -hmm. keep her safe. Um, But sometimes people will say like this summer, I think um, with quarantine, a lot of people were home more often with their Iggy's and their dogs. And they were like... It's a great thing, but also it means that the dog wants their attention more or they're just around more. So 
Um, I've heard of dogs jumping out of their owner's arms mm. and landing and breaking their leg. Dogs jumping off of the back of porches. Dogs just jumping off the couch oh and break their leg. Dogs playing with other dogs and breaking their leg. Wow. And all of these are like normal circumstances. Yeah. So if your Iggy is well-bred, most likely, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that's not going to be the case. Like Adelaide is a crazy, like acrobatic dog. Like she'll jump off the couch. She'll jump up onto the couch from really um, low. Like I had no idea she could jump that high and just surprise you with sort of the athleticism. But if, for example, your dog was in a family that maybe two puppies in that litter had broken their legs, Mm. it might be that it came from one of their parents and so on. And if they have surgery, it's still likely that they could break the same leg again. Yeah. So even though surgery happens, sometimes they need second surgeries and even sometimes they need amputation. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you have a dog that was amputated, it usually means it was either one or two leg breaks. And at that point, like, there's not enough to save it. So you would not breed that dog. You would stop the line there and move on. But not everyone knows that. Yeah. Those dogs are going out, you know? So it's, it's a little bit of a weird thing. And I think also that, you know, obviously I want everyone to keep their dogs inside and or on a leash, but you know, dogs get hit by cars, you know, they get out, they get into the road. A normal dog might get away with just a broken leg, but it makes you think if it was an Italian greyhound, their injuries would be way more substantial. Mm -hmm. Izzy always goes from the the veterinary point of view, from the emergency vet. I'm like, yes, yes. You do. You see like the, the emergency situations at work more. So I think yeah, that that's true. I mean, honestly, that. when you told me that my initial thought was, oh, actual greyhounds get osteosarcoma and they break their legs from getting osteosarc. Mm. I wonder if Italian greyhounds do that. So morbid. Ah. <laughs> You're just knowledgeable, Izzy. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what that oh, was. So yeah. that's cool. Bone cancer. And then it like eats away at the bone so much mm. that they like jump off the couch and break the leg. Oh my god! I know. It, okay. it's, wow. it's really sad. This is, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that about Greyhound. No, I didn't either. I didn't. I didn't know that like, about like I Italian. Taught, so I taught people today. You did. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I didn't know that though about Italian Greyhounds. As far as the, because I mean, it makes so much sense. Not only you know are they a smaller dog and their bones, you know, are smaller just in proportion but like even if they're just running and there's like a hole in the ground or something like that i think about that with lupin all the time Mm because a lot of people ask if he's like a greyhound mix like a greyhound beagle mix or something because he's just that barrel chested Mm. and you know he's he used to be pretty like lithe and uh and a lot more muscly when he was younger and he'd have like really long legs in proportion to like his body and so I've always thought about that too. Like when he was running or when he used to, when he was younger, when he used to like sprint around and stuff, I'm like, he's going to fall in a ditch and break something. Ah, that's totally my fear though. Like when she learned how to jump onto the couch, when she was big enough to make it up onto the couch that day, we were just like, Oh, what have we gotten into yeah, now? We, we just left a bunch of pillows on the ground for like weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> like, honestly, like, I still do like a pillows on the ground. I'm like, okay, if she falls, like sometimes she's sleeping on the couch and she falls <laughs> off. Like she just 
just like slowly slides. Last night I was going to bed and I was like, oh, where's the dog? And she just like slid off the couch <laughs> with her with her blanket all wrapped so up. Sweet. And uh, so speaking of, so you said that she was very athletic, but then obviously she does have a lazy side. What are the energy levels typically like? Oh, yeah. So I remember meeting our breeder for the first time and we got to meet the puppies. Adelaide was three and a half weeks old. And I told her that I had grown up with a Jack Russell. And she went, oh, okay, great. You're, you're going to be fine. Because a lot of people that haven't met Iggy's before think that they're really high energy. And she is. But somewhere below the energy level of a Jack Russell. But also is a couch potato. Okay. So she will sleep. If she goes on a, like a good walk, like anywhere between... Like half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. She could possibly sleep on the couch for the next like three to six hours. Just like dead. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't care. Asleep. You can leave her. She doesn't yeah. mind anything. <laughs> okay. So they're pretty... So it's like a nice Yeah. Mix. That's like whenever I feel like I've seen sight hounds as far as Italian greyhounds with its or greyhounds, I feel like they do that massive sprint around like at the dog park or something they just like do the like massive zoomies and playing and like chase and then they're like all right cool i'm done i'm out because i've dog sat a few and i i feel like that was like the tone it was like i'm gonna do crazy and now i'm gonna go burrow myself under blankets and sleep absolutely yeah okay cool cool (laughs) that's i feel like that's that's a nice in between it is a nice in between yeah she has also been really great at the at the dog park yeah that she we we've gone where we've met up with other Iggy owners and gone to the dog park and she like leads the pack on what we call her the the greeter of the dog park because she just like as soon as someone comes in that gate opens she goes over and meets yes. them and then it's like okay you're here fine and then she can come back um but if she is somewhere and there's Italian greyhounds those are like number yeah. one thing that she wants to laser focus they love each other they like jump up and hug it's like this weird like they both have like their arms and chests together like they're chest bumping (laughs) like i don't know and they're trying to bite each other while they're doing that oh yeah and they go for each other's ears you know but they just like do this like dance thing and like they don't care about the other dogs at this point there's other iggies they're just like or other sighthounds she'll even run to whippets or greyhounds it's something about the shape like they just know, oh, yeah. This I is feel my like kind. the sighthounds, sighthounds have like a very specific play style too. Like when you go to the dog park, you can see mm-hmm. like the, there's a lot more dogs that, you know, like pitties or bully breeds or something like like a lot of the really high contact and like Lupin loves to be chased by other dogs and he really has to be like pushed into an extra, you know, like working out. <laughs> and then I think Albie just wants to like pee on everyone. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I think, yeah, I feel like every time I've seen a sighthound, they have a very specific play style that other sighthounds recognize and they kind of just gather together. Yeah. She always wants other dogs to chase. <laughs> She's the instigator. Backtracking to like general info about the breed. What is the difference? between whippets and greyhounds and Italian greyhounds and like, well, I mean, obviously there's a size difference, but like, what do you guys know? Because I, I don't know what the difference between a whippet and an Iggy is if I, if I were to see one on the street. Yeah. Do you want to take it away? Maybe? Yeah. So the biggest thing is the size. Um, honestly, there's sometimes that we struggle a little bit because like 
like we say, Italian greyhounds are like 10 to 15 pounds, but sometimes they're close to 20. And then whippets are like 25 to 40. So like sometimes we have to ask, like, is that an, an Iggy or is that a whippet? And um, sometimes they're even mixed. Yeah, I have right. seen a few um, wiggies. Wiggy. Yeah, I think that's, yeah the- that's what people call them. <laughs> And that'll be a, yeah, that'll be a mix. And that, again, is confusing, probably around 20 yeah. pounds. But, um, like, visually, the size is the biggest thing for the average person to guess, mm-hmm. oh, is that an Iggy or a Whippet or a Greyhound? But in history, like we were saying... Mm-hmm. Whippets are way um, newer. More recent. More recent, as a yeah. So, like, a couple exist. hundred years ago, they were first... Okay. Uh, first came to be as opposed to a couple thousand years ago. And I think it's that they were bred with uh, greyhounds in some kind of terrier to, to make them smaller as opposed to Italian greyhounds that are naturally are full small, separate. Like for centuries or yeah. whatever. Okay. And then just two other things that the colors, the like official colors are different. So whippets, if you ever see one that is brindle where they have the striping, then it's like tiger stripe. Then it's a a whippet and not an Italian greyhound. They're only like solid and and um, okay. pied. Um, and Italian greyhounds are hypoallergenic, like as hypoallergenic as dogs. Okay, come. okay. So like, whippets. Um, I don't know and, why that is, but yeah, for whippets sure and greyhounds are not. So I have um, allergies to dogs, even though I've loved dogs my whole life, and I had a Jack Russell, and she shed like crazy. But I just like was allergic and didn't care. I don't know. <laughs> I was more allergic to cats. So as long as my parents didn't get us cats, like my eyes wouldn't swell and all of those things. But the dog, I just would sneeze. Okay. When you were looking for a breed to get when you guys were decided to get a dog, it, is that what you like took into consideration? What what other breeds were you looking at that like what what was the like criteria and how did Adelaide fit into it? Yeah, so we had three criteria. One is under 20 pounds. We wanted a, a small dog and also... Potentially take on an airplane. Yeah. That's yeah, that's smart, hopefully, yeah. what we would yeah. want. And then hypoallergenic and not have to groom. Mm-hmm. So Jess, before we lived together, her roommate had uh, a little toy poodle, Maisie. And the, like... It's expensive to groom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And like, <laughs> if we waited like yeah. more than a month and a half to groom her, I would bring her into the groomers, and they're like, "Sorry, we have to shave her. She's too far, like, what? matted." But it's been like maybe two months. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that's, that's a significant expense that mm-hmm. I think a lot of yeah. people maybe, yeah. like I personally have not thought about because I don't have a dog that needs to be groomed, but. But yeah, like mm-hmm. for a significant amount of breeds out there. Yeah. So and it's really interesting because you say you want hypoallergenic, but you didn't want the groom, and then it's like that narrows exactly. down the pool a ton because usually you're like the Labrador. That 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 narrows down the pool to Italian greyhounds. Honestly, <laughs> literally, there's no other <laughs> options. We looked. <laughs> we did our research. Yeah. We were thinking like across the map like oh wouldn't it be cute to get a frenchie or wouldn't it be cute to get a dash in get a dash in yeah. and like just looking at small breeds mm-hmm. and now i meet frenchies and i love them but i'm like oh they're huge and heavy <laughs> and have big yes. paws and when they jump up on you you feel it yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there was a, a bit of a uh, time in my life i was a dog walker as well so i was maybe biased with some of the cute dogs that i used to walk but yeah. <laughs> i had a frenchie i had a frenchie on my walk and i was like oh 
he's so cute. And I'm like, oh, he's yeah. huge now. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, oh no. I want skinny, tiny. <laughs> <laughs> if I can cradle you in my arms, we're good to go. Yes. And Adelaide's, I think, perfect for that. Because she, even though she's small, she doesn't seem small. That's when I, I think the cool things about, like, Italian greyhounds or even whippets, you know, they're small. But they don't, they don't have that, like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I'm going to trip over them, like, kind of vibe from sm- some small yeah. dogs, which is fine. Like, it's not, like, a negative, but it's just something to think about. But I feel like... You know, when when she's standing up, her legs are so tall that she seems more substantial than she probably really is. Yeah. yeah. Other dogs who are uh, her weight. Yeah. Yeah. Like a corgi. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I'd be so scared of uh, a, fr- uh, what is it? Yorkie. Oh, my God. I was like, what's it called? Yes. A Yorkie. Like a five pound Yorkie. Right. Where they're so like tiny. ankle height instead of yes, knee height. Exactly. <laughs> we actually get a lot of dogs who come into work with broken legs because people have stood on the dogs. <gasps> Yeah, or stood on them? either stood no. on them like they've gotten out of bed and they're like on the floor and they, they stood on them or they're on the couch and they didn't realize they were on the couch. They were like up next to a pillow or something and then they sat on them. Yeah, no. I mean, the, I will yeah. say that does happen to us. That does happen. That she'll like be curled up in a blanket and we can't tell that <laughs> yeah. she's there. Like I said, she just slid off the couch the other day. I didn't know she was there. Um it's like, is she in her pen or is she in the crate or is she on the couch or, <laughs> or is she gone? Or is I she like, like lift lost? up the blanket and if the blanket is weighted down, then yeah. I know she's on. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah, you can't I do even this, see I her. I do the squish test. I, I'm like, oh, oh that's yeah. solid. Okay, there's I a dog I need to get there. one of those, um, what are they, like little tiles? Are they called tiles? Oh. Wait, you yeah. stick them on your phone. Oh, when yeah. you lose your like keys or something. <laughs> yes. like, Where'd she go? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> what surface is she under? <laughs> <laughs> right right because <laughs> if she's sleeping i don't want to yeah. disturb her she can sleep so you guys have a podcast i'm just going to circle back to the podcast a little bit um why did you start the podcast well we had a blog from even before adelaide came home we had an instagram before she came <laughs> home. And, and an instagram a blog. as well yeah uh but it those was like parents. we we wanted to we wanted to track what was going on with us because like it felt like the most information you could get about Italian greyhounds was like one paragraph in like a top 10 small dog list and they get like a little description of it mm-hmm. and that's it. So we wanted to try and be a good resource for new Italian greyhound parents and like what to look out for and the quirks of them and uh, and try and be like a full resource. Yeah, there was a blog that we found um that was maybe five years old and had like one article and then that was it. Like this is what an Italian Greyhound is. And I just felt like there was no sort of personal connection to it. And I was wanting like, Oh, what are all of the stories of a dog's life? And and not just yeah. like basic info, Wikipedia or something. And then the podcast came to be like most podcasts in 2020 because we had the free time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been listening to podcasts like for 10 years, like since high school. I I remember I was I was so confused because I would listen to I would buy audiobook CDs to listen to in the car, <laughs> and I listened to uh, Freakonomics. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The audiobook, <laughs> and then when I was looking them up on the internet, I was like, wait, they have this like free thing that you can just listen to and not have to pay for (laughs) magic magic yeah so i then 
fell in love with listening to podcasts and have done since then. And like my, po- we, my podcast player. When we first started player, dating, he just, everything yeah. was, so I was listening to this podcast <laughs> and they were talking everything, every story he had for me prefaced as listening to a podcast. Right, everything, everything reminds me of something that I've heard on a podcast. <laughs> it's so just true. Just in though. our wedding vows said I that vows. I, that, that I am now subscribed to the Jess podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, so like it's been, inev- it feels like it's inevitable for me that I would have started a podcast, but I'd never, like I'm more interested in the meta part of it. So like what microphone to get, what are, like what are people's recording setups like? So I didn't want to make that podcast. So now that we've had the dog and we're doing this together, then like it's a really, then it really made sense for us to do it. Yeah. And do you feel like um, you said that you wanted to have like a full resource for people? Do you feel like that's been well received? Like, do you feel like other people felt the same way and they've really been responding to your podcast? Yeah, I find that that's a big thing people say like, oh, my God, I wish I had this when I brought my Iggy home for the first time or I'm bringing my Iggy home in two weeks. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for all of the advice like on the way in. So even our breeder is now recommending to her clients to listen to the podcast. Oh, that's good. (laughs) There's some things too, because this breed isn't for everyone. And I know we've uh, talked about this before, but not every breed is right for every person. So if you're going to get into this, let's see what it's really like and not just cute Instagram photos. Like, what is it actually like to have one of these dogs in your life? So I think that we give like an accurate picture of that. And then also talking about like the trouble that we experience as well with like potty training is a huge thing for these dogs. A lot of the time they don't want to go out in the winter. So honestly, like she's got her own little litter box. It's a doggy bathroom. It's great. (laughs) So she just goes to the bathroom inside. (laughs) There's no litter. We use reusable pee pads. Okay. Oh, and then you wash them in the washer dryer and it's amazing. You just wash them with bleach and a little detergent. And that's honestly would if you ever can't walk your dog for whatever reason, if they've had a surgery or anything, like do it. That's a, You can train them on the pads. Yeah. Like, oh, it's perfect. a good training to have, you know, like just like kennel training or something like that. It's like maybe you don't use it all that much, but it's good for them just as you said, like if they've had surgery or. Right. She'll always go when we go out on a walk as well. Yeah. And it's not like she can't go outside, but right. on a day like today <laughs> where it's. What, what it rained it all like? day. It's like, like it was 50 just... degrees outside mm. and raining. Yeah. Like she doesn't want to go. No. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. want to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. Um... Oh, the other thing I was going to say about the how it's been received is like there's a reason that Jess knows all these stories about dogs with broken legs. It's because we did an episode oh. on it. So like people are then telling us about their stories and mm-hmm. and asking for advice. So we're getting the like one-on-one feedback of people looking to us that's so awesome Mm -hmm. i think like i just love everything that you said as far as your motivations for starting it and then as well as you know how it's been going and what you've been able to provide for for people because i think i mean maybe i'm a little bit biased but i think people who love (laughs) podcasts make the best podcasters because it's like a realization of a dream (laughs) you're like oh wow like i actually have this thing i can talk about and now yeah. I can make a podcast and maybe other people will benefit from it just as if I've benefited from, you know, free economics or like whatever, you know. And and I think that's so 
but yeah, maybe I'm biased just because I love podcasts too. But I'm the same way. I'm always like, I was listening to a podcast <laughs> and I think I'm going to start, you know, like adaptogenic herbs and intermittent fasting, like all these like health <laughs> things. And my husband's always like, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, it's so good too, because I like Italian greyhounds just as a breed. I feel like they're not very common at all, especially in the U.S. Like, I think the only time I've seen them is, like, when the Jenners had, like, Kylie. Like, I think Kylie <laughs> and, like, Kendall Jenner mm-hmm. had, yeah. this, like, yeah. years ago or something like that. And, but otherwise, like, I saw a ton when I was in the U.K., but not at all in the U.S. So I'm loving that you're just highlighting and providing resources about the breed. Absolutely. And to look out for the right kind of breeder as well. I've got a lot of questions about that. Like, where do you go? And we even have a Facebook group for all the Toronto Iggies. So our area's Iggies. And they have resources on there that people have accumulated of the list of ethical breeders, like who you should go to in the area and like certain things to avoid. There's been different um, situations where maybe it's not the best (laughs) situation. So... They'll just tell you like what to look for and get the right health testing and stuff like that. So we've been able to use that as a resource and then share it through the podcast. Yeah, I think that's excellent. Yeah, that's so good. You guys have a very unique situation as well because you guys obviously live together and are married and you Mm -hmm. have the podcast together, but you also shared like the same career path as well. So tell us how that all kind of comes together. The yeah. pros and the cons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tell us the juicy Yeah. Truth. Oh, my God. I feel like my whole life is just using a microphone. I just taught a class. I'm a bar instructor as well. <laughs> I'm like, I have the Britney mic when I teach yes. my bar classes. <laughs> um, and now I've got my podcast mic. But we also have microphones because we're singers, musical theater actors. Yeah. So Jess and I met doing a, wizard, a production of Wizard of Oz. What yeah. did you play? Yeah. I was Glinda, and my roommate donated the dog's time, or well, she, the dog got paid um, <laughs> to be Toto. Oh, that's great! That's <clears throat> so I lived with Toto, and I was Glinda with the dog. Not that I ever got to play with the dog in the show, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> just come in and out in a pretty dress. Love it. Yeah, and then I was like ensemble, so Munchkin and um, Ozian and Monkey and the. Uh, lion understudy which i got to do we did the show twice like two different two month runs i did it three times and i oh yeah you did um (laughs) we just kept remounting it but yeah so i got to be years of my life we did this show for different periods of time okay yeah but i got to be lion like both times nice yeah yeah. that's so cool i think that's so interesting to have a the same career path as your partner as well because it just i don't know that being an actor is can be very stressful sometimes between auditions and the odd hours and everything like that. It's probably it's nice that you guys are able to to juggle that together and have someone who who understands it too. Um, but yeah, how is it being together like all the time? I, I know twenty twenty is different with <laughs> with like you know a lot of you know plays and theater not happening at the moment. But what like how is it yeah i guess just like working together being like dog parents together and all of that we had a squeak toy in the background here yeah. sorry should have locked those up that's okay <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's really cute. so yeah i guess the the other part of 
our story is that I'm I'm half American, so my dad's from Kentucky. Okay. So we have been going through the the green card process basically since we got married. And if if 2020 didn't turn out the way it would have been, we already would have been in New York. Wow. Okay. Like so, to try to like do yeah. more like music to theater. Try, do, do the actor okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I went to school in Boston for musical theater, graduated, and you get one year to work in the country as a non-citizen. You get one year to work as um, your profession. So I could only work as an actor or teaching acting or doing something in that field. So I did that and then left because it's really hard to get an artist visa. And um, when we met, we were talking about these things and Ryan said, oh, like, I want to go to New York. Like, let's see what that's like. So in our whole relationship, we've been to New York together six, six times. times. Wow. And I'm like, we fought about this on the podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we had to like, like count on our fingers. Six times. <laughs> um, in just like a couple of years. Um of dating. Um, oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> squeak, Great. squeak. I love it. This is a cookie toy. I'm getting a little collection here of toys that you can't play um, with right now. Yeah. So we really just kind of imagined our life there. Mm-hmm. And life in New York for an actor is a lot of, um, at least for us, we're not part of the union. So it's a lot of open calls and going at like four in the morning to write your name on a paper and hope that they honor it when you get back there at seven in the morning or eight when they open and then you're waiting potentially like seven to eight hours just waiting in a hall waiting to sing for maybe 30 seconds and hoping that they call you back to then maybe get a dance call or like it's it's a lot of um it's a lot of prep and waiting and then you audition and then you wait so like you might audition a hundred times before you actually get a job oh my god but <laughs> that sounds like emotionally but, stressful. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very stressful. Um, but in Canada, it's a little different just because we don't have as much theater. We do have high quality theater, but it's almost as if our country is like regional theaters of the States. So New York is the hub. And then you could work in Chicago or Boston or San Francisco and like mm-hmm. big theaters are there. But um, again, there's just fewer jobs here. So for yeah. us, the move to New York was to be theater actors. And now we're kind of just on pause mm-hmm. and it feels very strange. <laughs> um, yeah. So even not doing the podcast, like we're used to these, like basically having to be each other's support system. And we live in, in a, a nice but small apartment here, but we were prepared to to live in like a very small apartment yeah. <laughs> and like just like be shoulder to shoulder all the time <laughs> we're like we could live in hell's kitchen in a studio i don't care yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's hell's kitchen it is near everything like let's yeah. do it so yeah we've always kind of spent our time together no that that makes sense though that you i mean you know that one you obviously are each other's support system anyway since you're married and then also you know, having the same career path, but it makes even more sense starting the podcast of like, it, I, I think that's really resilient of you guys to be like, okay, plans have changed. Let's pivot and pursue our other, you know, love of our life, Adelaide and, you know, being yes. any parent. <laughs> so I think that's so cool that you guys kind of were able to shift like that. Um, speaking of, how do you guys split up dog chores and Adelaide's care like what are what are your roles in that yeah I mean at the at the moment I feel like everything's evenly divided Mm -hmm. depending on um with our work 
like I was working retail last Christmas and Ryan was performing. We have um, a Cedar Fair park up here. It's called Canada's Wonderland, but it's like any of the Cedar Point and those companies. They just kind of were an extension now. Okay. Um, but he was like singing Christmas songs outside in the cold <laughs> and <laughs> maybe was having long rehearsal hours and lots of performing. And we would um, trade off. So I probably did more of the walking then. Um, but again, she only she doesn't need so much sort of outdoor activity. Sometimes it's more just like mental stimulation inside mm-hmm. and doing like a little training and stuff like that. So if one of us has a really time consuming job at the time, the other one picks up the slack. But I'd say we're pretty even. Mm-hmm. Right, babe? And the, right? Yeah. The, and the, the other thing that we have is um, our, our number one house rule is if the dog is on you, then the other person has to get you whatever you ask for. Uh, oh, yeah. So, That's such a good rule. Yeah. House yeah, rule. So if the dog is on your lap, the other person's making tea, the other person's yeah. like getting the dessert yeah. after dinner and like, yeah. But that's good that you guys are able to split everything evenly depending on, you know, who's working in what way or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just always curious about that. That's why we threw that question in there is because, like, I don't know, because since Izzy and I have always worked in the animal field, I think sometimes we end up taking more of a primary care role. Not that, like, our partners don't do their share of the work they do, but, like, it's just different, I think. <laughs> it's he's like that, eh. um, but like, yeah, it's just, they have different priorities than I would, and yeah. so and so that's why it's interesting. So it's like any Lupin's medication stuff like that. Like I'm always that's me, and like I give him an injection once a month for his Addison's. Like you know, I'm in charge of. Oh, okay, it's six months. He needs more blood work and blah blah blah. And and his allergies, I'm always like super on top of like, oh, he's he's itchy. We need to do this or whatever. And my partner's more of like, did he get enough attention today? And I'm like, I don't care. He's alive. Like I'm just, I'm keeping him alive. What are you doing? There's a heartbeat. <laughs> so right. Well, be, I can see being in the medical field. Like you can imagine the other side of it. Like if that doesn't get done, you know exactly what that and <laughs> what it would lead yes. to. If it wasn't done right. Yeah. Or nutrition. Yes. Like exactly. Knowing what they're eating. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just it's interesting to hear like how other couples and that's what I think if we, you know, if we do interview more couples and stuff, it, it's an interesting question to throw in there to see like who does what, like, oh, you know, he always runs the dog or like whatever. Yeah. And I always do the the, you know, 10 p.m. <laughs> potty break or like whatever. But moving on to Maybe more talking about some more dog parent stuff. Embarrassing dog parent moments, stories. Yeah. Do you have any that come that you think of immediately? <laughs> this was the one. We talked about this and I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to tell them? <laughs> what are we gonna say? You go. Um, so the first story that comes to mind was like the first day that we met her. Because when she's three and a half weeks old. And we were getting to hold the puppy. So, like, Jess held two puppies in her hands at one time. Oh. They're that small. Um, like a, and a pound, yeah. We, we had, what, well, we had thir- third pick mm-hmm. for... Bottom uh, of the line. <laughs> bo- bottom of the line, because there was seven puppies, but three girls. 
so the breeder was going to keep one. Someone else had first pick, and then we we would get what, the leftovers. <laughs> 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 um, and so we didn't know which of these puppies we were going to get. And our breeder told us that this one was the crazy one. Psycho. Um, so i was holding her and she's like lying down for a little bit and then gets up and this puppy is like three inches tall so she does a cartwheel out Uh. of my hand off of my lap onto the ground and that's the first time we ever heard what they call the iggy scream oh my god which is where they just like legit a scream. Yeah, they like, like it's not just a dog whimpering, scream like it's, as if they're being murdered. Oh my god! Yeah, can I get an example of that? <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, I don't think I can do it. It would hurt your ears. But it sounds like, and this is another dog told us this, and I'm like, it's the perfect example. Harry Potter, the Mandrake, like <gasps> depotting yes. scene yes. when they take them out, mm-hmm. like that, but like times ten. Oh my god! And like amplify it. Sounds terrible. Like, I, I very scary. It. Do YouTube it, but yeah. that's the thing we thought too. And I was like, I wonder if anyone's even put it on YouTube because usually it happens when they're really scared, like a leg break mm-hmm. or they somersault out of your hands onto mm-hmm. the ground and they're a pound. Yeah, or a husky puppy <laughs> won't leave them alone. <gasps> she did it at the park once, a husky puppy like smacked her on the back and she was in her down position. So she was already telling the dog, like, leave me alone. Um, but the dog was a puppy and just like didn't understand why she wouldn't play. And so just like smacked her on the back, like play with me. And she screamed the entire park stared at us and was like, Oh my God, like your dog's dying. Like, what is this? And I was like, she's okay. I picked her up. She stopped. It was fine. But that's when it's not a bad situation. Like that's bad, but not if it was a leg break, apparently they can scream for like five minutes straight. Oh my oh my just, like, so she, it's awful. You dropped this tiny little puppy. So she, I, she mm-hmm. jumped. I mean, oh she jumped God. out of your hands. Yeah. It's not. It's not your yeah, yeah. Like, it's her fault. It's not my. Like, you dropped this tiny puppy. <laughs> he let our baby go, and she wasn't even our baby she yet. Screamed. That's probably how you sealed the deal. Like the the, the, the breeder oh was God. like, oh, I don't know if that one's going to be okay. We'll give that one. To them. <laughs> right, that one's damaged. We'll give that one to them. <laughs> we can't put that one in the dog shows. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no well i was like of course we're probably gonna get that one aren't we yeah. like mm-hmm. when we found out i'm like we got the one that you dropped babe <laughs> she's gonna hate us <laughs> she's imprinted now to like know your scent and to scream whenever you're yeah <laughs> i would have so much so many fears about that i'd be like oh my god <laughs> that's actually a great story though ryan that's a good mm-hmm. yeah yeah so the the next time we got to see her like when she was like six weeks old yeah. um we went we took pictures and she was like licking our faces and she, oh yeah like forgiveness <laughs> she, she totally forgave yes. us absolutely yeah. that's good i honestly that's like a huge thing i've we did a blog post about this and we haven't done a podcast episode about it yet but it's like things i've learned from my dog Ooh. and that was one of the oh. one of the things that i really um like think is a great life lesson is forgiveness because you screw up and you oops i forgot to give her dinner or like something that you feel awful about like i clipped her nails once and she squirmed and it bled Mm -hmm. and it was right before we had to do something online (laughs) so i was like oh my god like we're going live and she just is bleeding like what's (laughs) happening yeah um so i'm like here's another embarrassing story for you but (laughs) 
yeah. So, um, with those things, I've always like, if it was a human, I'm like, oh my God, like they're going to be angry with me and they'll never forget that time that I did this or whatever. But she always comes back and like licks you on your face and loves you and wants to sit on your lap. And even if you dropped her, (laughs) she just always comes back and is like, very happy to see you every time you enter a room it's like you're the most important thing she just greets you like it's so beautiful like in the morning if one of us is up and one of us is not she'll like kind of cry outside the door sometimes and then when you actually get up and you open the door it's like oh my god i missed you like that's really sweet they call them velcro dogs so yeah that's a very good point of like looking on the bright side of the embarrassing stories or like whatever it's just like oh they forgive you every time (laughs) that's so true oh my gosh that's so that's great that's i feel like those are good stories those are good job on those that's why i feel like we need to amass from our listeners yeah i was just trying to think about what i've learned from arthur and it's nothing good (laughs) 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 patience Patience, yes, patience. Forgive Demand me. what you want until you get yeah, it. Don't yeah. forgive yeah. me. So that was a good one. Persistence. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just stand up for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Although once, so when I feed him, he goes to bed. He goes into his little crate. I get all of his food, and then he will only come out when I say okay. Well, I forgot to say okay, and he was in there for at least an hour. Because I like just had staring, a staring at the food out there. Yeah, I yeah. like went and had a shower. Oh. I like meditated for a while, and then I came downstairs and I was like, "Oh God, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't release you. I'm so sorry. I just thought he would come out." But like, oh my God. you know what? For all of his like issues, sometimes that's really good <laughs> training really good. for him to for him. To that's have that. so impressive. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. Oh my God, I, I can't have that type of. Restraint no, with food. Like it's only time he will listen. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. only time. Is, yeah. He. Okay. Last fun question. So, if Adelaide was a famous movie star or mo- like a famous movie character or musical theater character, who would she be? Please say someone we know. First of all, she's named after a musical theater character, so she is Adelaide from Guys and Dolls. Okay. So that's um, like if you've seen the movie, that would be, I guess, the best reference. Um, Frank Sinatra plays the love interest of that character. Okay. So there's a song where Frank Sinatra will sing and it's called Adelaide. Oh. So if you look up Frank Sinatra, Adelaide, Adelaide, there's a song. It's very cute. And we named her because it's an old lady name because we really we were watching Downton Abbey. Lots of Downton (laughs) Abbey. My mom's actually from England. My mom's from Sheffield. Oh, Yorkshire. that's um, that's close and, to my neck uh, of the woods. Yorkshire, <laughs> Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah going down to pub. Yeah, <laughs> my mom, she's from Sheffield. <laughs> that's a really good accent. I actually studied, I studied um, dialects in um, school to be an actor, mm-hmm. but that was like I was the TA for my speech, uh, voice and speech classes, and all those things. So I love it. Anyways, tangent. <laughs> down to Nappy. Down to Nappy. Yeah, so we were saying, like, what character would she be from Downton Abbey? And we're thinking Sybil, like, the most rebellious. Like, who would wear the pants and, like, still is a lady, but, like, is going to go off with the Irishman, like... (laughs) Love it. That's a great... Always friendly. Greeting dogs at the dog park. She was always... Sybil's always friendly. That's a good one. Loves everyone. 
I have not seen you know? Guys and Dolls. I need to. I Oh my god, it's such a classic. Absolutely got to do it. Um and that movie is like old and classic and Marlon Brando, like it's great. Okay. Go All watch right, that. We'll movie. watch That's that your homework. so we can know Adelaide's <laughs> origins for the name. But then yes, I love yes. I love the Downton Abbey reference. If anyone wants to follow you guys, um, learn more about you, Adelaide, Iggy parents, where can they find you? At Iggy Adelaide. That's I-G-G-Y Adelaide on Instagram. We also have a Instagram for our podcast at the Iggy parents. And then our website is the Iggy parents.com. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Well, you guys, this has been so much fun. It was so nice talking to another couple podcasters about their dogs. Wait, and wait. Yeah, yeah, very meta and fun. <laughs> and it was great. Mm-hmm. So we just want to say thank you again for coming on. Yes. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks yeah, for thanks having so us. much. We're, we're looking forward to having you on our show. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll add, a teaser. we'll add a teaser yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was thinking that as well on ours that we should like find a clip of this to, yes. to play on our show and be like, go listen to us there. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much. It's been awesome. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. All content on With the Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer or behaviorist.